Soul date 291008311746.9.24-00. I've got this little soul luna hologram sitting on the dashboard of my ship's bridge to tell me when to be awake at the controls and when to slide into my bunk to sleep. In deep space, time is way past being relative. It slips into the realm of irrelevant for a little mortal like me, flesh-and-blood creature that should never have left the rock that spawned them. <laughs> there I go with my flippant sense of humor again. A solitary journey through space will do that to a person, you know? This is a small ship, a ship built for one person, with a virtual reality headset to alleviate cabin fever when you feel it coming on, and a miniature hydroponic garden to viscerally connect you to home. My pets and conversation partners are the insects that keep my garden pollinated. You'd be surprised at how well a handful of honeybees can listen. It would have been impossible to bring anything larger on board without drastically increasing the resources initially supplied to the ship, along with its size. That, and a non-human animal can't consent to a life in space. I suppose the plants and insects I brought with me couldn't either, but our Terran Charter of Rights is still a work in progress on that front. Time. It's a strange resource out here, measured out artificially just so with my sole Luna hologram, with tick marks in a file on my datapad. I don't actually need to check off each day as it happens. There is an automatic log file running in the background to record all the temporal data a nerd like me could ever possibly want, and then some. No, I just do it to feel a sense of normalcy, to imitate the way I used to cross days off my digital calendar leading up to birthdays, exam days, holidays. It gives me a menial task to look forward to each artificial waking cycle instead of just a mass of data to look at. Though, if you were to ask me to count all the tick marks I've made on the page, I would roll my eyes at you and pull up the mass of data instead. I know my count isn't perfect. I have off days where I forget, or can't bring myself to think about time, much less get out of my bunk. I'm only human. Sometimes I can't bring myself to think about that, either. Today, on this particular waking cycle, I find myself sitting in my captain's chair taking readings so that I can adjust my heading, the way I do whenever I get the sense that something is, for lack of a better term, off. Just to be clear, I'm not actually a captain. But given that I am the only crew member aboard the ship, there is no one around to oppose my self-appointment. No one with a vote that might actually hold up in Terran courts, that is. I'd like to think my honeybees would support me, given the chance. We have done a stellar job at keeping a miniature pear tree alive and fruiting despite all the odds out here. You ask me, that's worth a little vote of confidence. I don't think I could get away with calling myself a pilot, an astronaut, a botanist, or a physicist either, though I can wear all four caps to some degree in a pinch, mainly because I have to. A politically correct Terran would be likely to call me a pilgrim. Someone uncouth would jump straight into branding me as being mentally unstable. I suppose I wouldn't be able to fault either for accuracy. In clinical terms, what I and a bunch of other Terrans have is referred to as Zer's Syndrome. 
a so-called affliction named after the clinician who discovered it some 50-odd years ago. That's its name in print. On the streets and among the stars, we're told we have phantom hearts. It's not literal. Our real hearts are perfectly material little organs that maintain blood circulation in our bodies. In the same way that a person might continue to feel phantom sensations even after a limb has been completely amputated, someone with Zer's syndrome feels a constant restless pull towards a missing part of themselves. These are people that are incapable of fully inhabiting the present, that constantly have their head in the clouds, and that deal with a laundry list of mental disorders. In my case, like in many others, depression is a fun little side effect that I deal with regularly, even all the way out here. Especially all the way out here, I should say. If a Zurite is lucky, they just need to wander around the continent a bit until they feel a deep sense of connection and relief. If they're fortunate, they take a shuttle to Luna, a ship to Mars, or suit up for an expedition to the outer or inner reaches of the soul system in order to finally feel a sense of peace or a renewed sense of purpose. For some people, though, even the outermost reaches of the system we call home isn't enough. As I said, I'm in deep space. Have been for a long time. I've heard the syndrome explained in all sorts of ways, by all sorts of doctors, because my case is one of the few on the complicated end of the spectrum. My personal favorite, and what makes the most sense to me, is the explanation that makes use of quantum entanglement, which I won't get into here because chances are you've already read a website, watched a documentary, or seen it on one of those talk shows that turn people like me into tragic stories. Which is awkward because I don't feel like my life or my situation is all that tragic. Being in motion makes me feel better than when I was living relatively inert on Terra. Some seasons sat more easily on my shoulders than others, Probably had something to do with Terran orbit constantly bringing me slightly closer and then looping just out of reach from wherever it is I'm supposed to be. You know the ancient sayings, let your heart lead the way and use your inner compass. That's exactly what I'm doing. Trying my best, anyway. Well, I'd better go pick some pea shoots from the garden for my dinner. The captain? Out. Ships. Log. End recording. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Side B Anthology. That was um, an original piece that I just read called Phantom Hearts, which I originally wrote and uh, submitted to the vocal website as part of one of their challenges. Um, however, the, the kind of precursor to this little uh, story of sorts, um, I actually wrote back in the summer of 2019 while I was visiting Japan. So during the months um, leading up to that trip, my life had gone through three very big changes. Um, the first one was that I made the difficult but right choice to leave a long-term relationship. 
And in so doing, I also, um, I also had to move. So, um, in addition, um, my contract for the job that I'd held for the months leading up to the trip had ended. It was, it was mandated that it was just going to be for a few months, but I'd really loved the job and loved the people that I'd been working with. So it was, it was quite sad for the, that contract to end. Finally, on the trip itself, I was, um, it was a solo trip. So there was a lot of time for me to just kind of sit with my thoughts and um, consider my situation. So all of those things combined to, like, all of the change and the uncertainty was certainly freeing in a sense and, and kind of exciting to just have my life be open to a lot of new possibilities but at the same time that instability was was very anxiety inducing and um and it certainly uh triggered depression so sitting with all of those major changes that feeling of of kind of exploring where my life was going to lead, but also feeling unstable, like I hadn't quite found um, what I should be doing or where I should settle. All of that combined and kind of manifested in this little story of sorts. So to reassure myself, in a sense, I kind of imagined this future um, earth where people had realized that there was a physiological component to um, this sense of not being in the right place or being around the right people for you. And, <clears throat> and so I imagined that I was now on this, this kind of personal journey to find where that place for me was. Um, spoiler alert, I'm still on that journey. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> but that's sort of where that, that came from. This idea also hugely ties into the, um, the concept of chosen family that is so prevalent in the queer community of just realizing that the the situation that you were born into the place that you were born into the people that you have been surrounded by might not be the people that can help you bring out your best self um and so you are kind of pulled towards or attracted towards the place that is actually right for you. So um, this is really like a, a personal journal entry for the, uh, the ship's captain, so-called captain. And, um, and so there really isn't any 
there's no real personal, um, no description of, of their physical appearance or explanation for how they identify because they're not, they're not really writing for an audience. They're just writing for themselves. So I, I just, I did that on purpose because I'd like anyone um, listening to it or reading it to be able to kind of slip into the captain's shoes and imagine themselves on their journey to find the place that feels right to them in the universe in this case. So if you want to imagine that our, uh, that the captain is off to um, go live on an alien world with aliens, then that is probably very accurate. <laughs> I do love aliens. <laughs> so, listener, have you found your place in the universe yet? Or are you still looking? Are you still traveling in your ship? Um, I think we'll end the episode on that little bit of self-reflection. So, if you're listening to this in the morning, then good morning. I hope you have a great day and you accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do today. Though, if it's a day off, I hope you are actually relaxing and enjoying reading a book or playing video games or listening to music, whatever it is that you're, that, that kind of brings you, um, pleasure on your days off. I hope you get to do that. And don't forget to, uh, drink water and eat something delicious. And if you're listening to this at night, then good night. Get some rest. And I hope you have some very strange and fantastic dreams. And I'll see you next time. Bye.